0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Hangover Podcast. It is Friday and I'm sitting with Mariah Murphy. Uh, Hello. Yes, Mariah (laughs) and I had intended to do a little co-teach together and so this is the space where we get to process Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, thoughts and so I actually brought a shotgun list of things that she has accosted me with over the span of <laughs> last night, this morning at lunch, and so finally now on the podcast. So all this stuff. <laughs> okay, so uh, so we taught through Acts chapter three, and uh, it's affectionately titled "Peter Heals a Lame Beggar." <laughs> and Mariah- what a title! <laughs> <laughs> And Mariah brought up, uh, first off, this idea of faith and the way that we see it in the story. So I've got the story in front of me. So, yeah, kind of if you want to pick a verse. All right. Like, where would you take us to?
1: Well, I think the first thing I would probably talk about first is we're talking a little bit. I was talking to Josh a little bit earlier about Peter's faith. Versus the man's faith. And I'll talk a little bit, give a little bit of a synopsis for those of you who weren't there or haven't read this. Um, basically, um, Peter and John are going up to a temple and they pass by this man who has been lame from birth. And the man asked them for money, which he's done since he was born. And Peter goes, Hey, I don't have any money, but I, you know, I can, you know, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to raise you up. And he takes a hold of the man, raises him up, and the man goes crazy and is super excited. Okay, not in a bad way, goes crazy, just is very excited. And, um, and the people there were obviously crazed and amazed and all of that stuff. Um, so I guess the, the one, the verse that I would say as far as the faith is concerned is when Peter says in verse 6, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then in verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Hmm and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong.
0: There. So the the question here is whose faith healed the man? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I was working through when I was reading this and trying to kind of delve into what this meant, the thing that jumped out at me the most was Peter grabbing him by the hand. One thing that I don't hear a lot about in these kind of when people go over this verse, or they go over different verses next, is that when Peter said, "You know, in the name of Jesus, you know, walk," he didn't leave the man there to do it on his on his own. He picked him up, physically took his hand, and raised him up. And then his it says after that his ankles and and you know and his feet were made strong, which to me lends to the fact that. It had a lot more to do with, I mean, obviously I think the man's faith probably, the layman's faith was probably huge after that too, you know. He probably had this, you know, moment. But for Peter, that was a moment for him that his faith was the one that was picking him up. That was the one that was not just his hand that was picking him up, but his faith was physically causing him and leaning into his soul and picking him up.
0: (laughs) So I didn't teach on that last night, Mm -hmm. and... So we do this thing uh, in uh, sermons with me where I just say, what did you see? And we give the room a chance to talk, and they exploded. Did that three different times last night. It took forever. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. And the it whole cool. room just went, went crazy. But no <laughs> one said this. And the idea, it was Peter's faith that potentially yeah. healed the man. Yeah. So one of the verses, again, that um, I didn't get to was down in 16. Um, uh, so 15 says this, we are witnesses. And I, I made a big deal about the witness idea in verse 15. I, this is so important to Peter's testimony, but then he, he talks about faith. He says, by faith in the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely mm-hmm. healed him. And now you all can see it. Mm -hmm. And so that was my teaching idea, that Peter moved from I, we, the disciples, have been witnesses, to now you, Mm -hmm. all the people in the temple courts are witnesses. And what Mariah is bringing in today is this idea back-to-back that it's by faith and by faith. And the faith that we see at work is Peter and John. Yeah. And specifically Peter. (laughs) So Mariah, here's the question for you. What's going on inside Peter as he says, I don't have silver or gold, but I do have faith in the name of Jesus, and then he does the physicality part of faith, which is grabbing the man. What's going on? What's his internal monologue, if you were in his Sandy Sandals?
1: I mean, if I was Peter... (laughs) I think if I was Peter and I had gone on this whole journey, three long journey with with Christ, this would be a whole other ball game for me to, to step into. Because I've watched Jesus raise people, I have watched him heal people, mm-hmm. and now this is something that I'm doing. And I and it would take a lot of I think for Peter a lot of times we give him a bad rap for you know, for all the stuff that he did and being very, you know, arrogant and all these things, which is true, you know, denying Christ, all of these things, but the thing about him after this is something, another thing I was talking to you about a little bit was the whole after the Holy Spirit thing. He goes from, you know, being this kind of arrogant person to um, going, and I think it was in verse, let me look at this. Oh, yes. In verse 12, he says, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or our own godliness we have done this? And then right after that, it's like a bookend thing. You know, it's actually by faith in Jesus. It's in by faith in Jesus. It's this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so he detracts from himself completely after this that Jesus is the one that did it.
0: <laughs> so it's to so all of our cool. listeners, you can appreciate why we need to do the hangover and why during sermons I just yeah. stop. Because yeah. collectively we're smarter. Yeah. I've never seen it in that way. And so I've loved Mariah for several years now. She's a senior with us, one of our leaders here in the ministry. And so thrilled to have her voice. So one of the things we talked through at lunch together was the idea of, had Peter ever experienced, you just kind of alluded to it, he's been alongside Jesus, seeing Jesus do something like this. And my question over lunch was, do you think Peter had a foretaste of, of what he would be able to do? Or whenever he reached down to grab the man, was he going backwards in his mind to something that he already knew? And I played with this word foretaste.
1: Yeah. Um, so I can't think of specific scriptures in which he necessarily had a foretaste, but Going back to him witnessing it, he talks a lot about, you know, we are witnesses of Christ being, you know, talks about being a witness of them killing the Son of God. Right. But he was also a witness of every other thing that happened. And he was, I mean, he's the one that walked on the water. He's the one that did, I mean, he reached out a lot. And he, you know, I, I do wonder, I mean, it is something that's like, I don't know if in his mind he thought necessarily this stuff was going to happen. He's walking alongside Jesus, going, Okay, I'm watching you. You're obviously really good at your job, you know, and doing all this stuff. <laughs> but, spoiler alert, <laughs>
0: Jesus is good at healing
1: <laughs> By the way, in case anybody didn't know that ahead of time, um, but, you know, him going like that and then him transitioning into this spot, I would expect him to have maybe after again, like after the Holy Spirit came in, after these things started happening, people start speaking in different, you know, in languages that they understand things. I feel like every single moment is kind of leading up to these kind of things, these healings, these miracles, these different things that happen, because literally at this point in time, anything could happen, what? you know? And so I don't know what exactly would have gone through his mind, but I think he wouldn't, he would have been surprised, but also been like, this makes sense.
0: Mm. That's good. Absolutely surprised. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like even when you're supremely confident that God could do what he will, mm-hmm. and then he does, it's yeah. still shocking. Yeah, absolutely. So play with me one more time about looking backwards and this idea of physicality. Cause you mentioned uh, Peter walks on water. Yeah. There's an extreme physicality mm-hmm. to that uh, to that story. Not only that he gets out and what <laughs> should sink doesn't. Yeah. His feet on open water, but then he he loses sight of Jesus and does sink, and now the water's rushing in, and yep. he says
1: help. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, but then you also have Peter the fisherman, yeah. and this is the throwing out the nets. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> while, so think me through the physicality of life um, from our from our knowledge of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and especially Mark, right? Which is the the story that's captured by Mark through the eyes and the mouth of Peter, and so. Yeah. Yeah, think out loud about the physicality of some of these other realities and then what it feels yeah. like to reach down to the lame man.
1: Yeah, I okay okay, so one of the first instances we see of Peter is Jesus coming and getting, like, you know, caster nets mm-hmm. on the other side. And I'm pretty sure we we'll talked about this and share it with that tomorrow. Yeah, we did, right. But <laughs> this is that. You referenced already,
0: like, Peter, like, can you see, Peter is probably pretty arrogant. Yeah. Especially uh, in his opening scene. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's, Mark, a he's a little like, dude. I've been fishing all night.
1: Yeah, he's a little arrogant, but he's also when he's really excited about something, he goes for it. Right. I mean, he doesn't. He's a seven personality. <laughs> he's a seven on the introvert. Cool.
0: Um, <laughs> As am I. <laughs> Wait, but what are you? I'm
1: a two. Okay, all right. So,
0: so that you're really be- thrilled, you're thrilled to be helping me right now with my oh, podcast. yeah,
1: I love this. Okay, I, I love, love this. I ending. do love it. <laughs> But I mean, I see Peter in that kind of, you know, light where he, you know, when this first thing happens, the first thing that Jesus does with Peter is a physical thing. Mm -hmm. It is not, it's not necessarily like a spiritual thing. The first thing he does is okay, cast your nets on the other side. Right. You know, physically feel the weight of the boat going to sinking, like feel that, and when that happens, when Peter goes, okay. This is clearly something that I have no idea about. Then he surrenders and Jesus is like, okay, come follow me, be fishers and men. So we first immediately see Peter in this like more of a physical terms versus spiritual. Yeah. And so that's, that's something that's, yeah, with Peter, it's like, you know, obviously thinking a lot of time in the spiritual aspect by faith, all of these things. But him going in and actually not just saying a bunch of stuff, but going in and physically doing things is you. a mark of faith for him because that's something he relates to.
0: Oh, I love it! So good. What does that mean for us?
1: Mm. So this is something else I thought about I'm going the process. With Preach we'll just it. Right now. <laughs> um, so one thing we see, again, in, in, in the beginning of Acts is this thing of community. Yeah. And we talk about community a lot. And yesterday we talked Zoe talked a lot about serving. Right. And honestly, I feel like this goes hand in hand with that because what we don't want to just do is preach to those people who are hurting and are, you know, are lame in their faith and are having these hardships but not do anything for them you know we, we sit there and we can, we can tell them as much as we want to but until we get into the, the dirty stuff and the, and the hardships and actually, get, actually physically like when I think about this man who was sitting on this side of the temple I don't think about him as like being clean and being pristine you know all this stuff I mean he's a beggar and when Peter like touched him and brought him up and picked him up pretty sure Peter probably got some dirt and stuff on his hands like it's about time that we actually reach down and actually get in the dirt and the grind and people's lives are messy and have the ability to go okay i don't know exactly what's going on i can't give you exactly what you need but i know you can and so you're reaching in there and you know it's like we talked about yesterday serving you know you're serving other people you're getting in there you don't know what they need but jesus does you know, you don't know what's going on, but Jesus does. And so you're reaching in there and going, okay, what do you want? Like, what can I do to help you? I know that you need, like for this man, you need to walk. Okay, picking you up. Let's go. Like for people that sometimes that is grabbing a cup of coffee with somebody and hearing their entire story and you sitting there and not saying a thing for two hours. Like, it's this, like, you know, learning how to get in there and go, okay, I'm going to set aside any... Any part of myself that's like, oh, I don't want to touch that. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And instead going, okay, I don't care. I'm putting myself aside. I'm getting in there and I'm
0: grabbing them and picking them up. Why Why do Christians do that? That is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, we're afraid of the messy. We're afraid of the, the dirty because you don't want to. I mean... I mean, I think about this in my, you know, just in in life outside of, like, spiritual Mm -hmm. stuff is, like, I don't really want to get down in the dirt and do stuff. Goodness. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't really want to do that kind of thing. That's not really some, that's not up my alley type of thing. So it's, it's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. We talked about that a little bit last week with Brogan. It was, you know, the uncomfortability. Yeah. You know, it's not a comfortable spot to be in. Yeah.
0: And yet it's a response to the broken world around us. Yeah. Which we are citizens in, but we're not contained by. And there's this beautiful redemptive hope of, man, life in the kingdom, right? Which is the kingdoms all around us pervading the brokenness. Oh my gosh, look at these goosebumps. Starting <laughs> to Like, that's who I want to be. I want to be yeah. someone who is a bearer of the good news in whatever form that takes. And so it gets to be, like right now, you're preaching to us. I love that. But I also know that your reference there for two hours, grabbing a cup of coffee to hear the life story of someone, that's where you're leaving here. (laughs) You're leaving me from this podcast to go do that with someone else. That's the physicality, and it's the willingness to empty yourself. Uh, for nothing in return except making someone feel known, loved, valued. Yeah. Because Christ has already done that for us.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. That's hype. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, so a big close here. A shout out to our fearless small group leader, uh, Emily Burnett. She texted in, a question for for Mariah and I to to think through. And so, okay. so here's a uh, here's a question from Emily uh, indiana dot org slash small groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have I think we have twelve, maybe even fourteen different small That's groups 14, where you yeah. can be known, where you, the mess and the brokenness of your life can crash safely into that of um, other people and specifically the questions that that come up within this broken world. Uh, want to make sure that as a community, we have safe places and yeah, safe absolutely. leaders to to put those into. So want to yeah. paraphrase the question and then uh, answer it.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> Emily asked um, if Peter and John passed by the layman on their way to the temple every day, why did they choose the specific day? To heal him, and why didn't they heal him before? And why didn't anyone at the temple or the man question this? It's
0: a good question. It's a fantastic (laughs) question. Okay, so one more time. The question is right. The question is, we are we made a huge deal like that? These guys go to the temple every day. That's a Mm -hmm. b. They uh, the man is carried to the temple every day, and so why today? Why today?
1: Yeah, I was mentioning this a little bit to you so i'm gonna think through this because we talked a little bit before we started the podcast but there is not a perfectly right answer to this because there is nothing in scripture that goes and this is why um which never happens a lot and i always think there's (laughs) always room to kind of go okay (laughs) let's think through this um so one thing that i was thinking about was there was a lot of things happening again we talked about the holy spirit there's a lot of things happening mm-hmm. inside of that. Right. And there was a lot going on. Obviously if you read I mean, we're just in chapter three, a ton of stuff has already happened. So once the Holy Spirit comes in, things start
0: moving and shaking and going. Literally. <laughs> quaking.
1: <laughs> quaking. Tongues of fire. Let's oh, go. And, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, pretty sure next week with Jack Stanley, we're about to have the whole like a like an earthquake type moment. Again. Yeah. And the whole house is gonna shake. Yeah. And everyone's going to be filled again. Exactly. With power.
1: So things are happening. Things are going crazy. So I don't know what exactly has been happening in the lives of Peter and John. To a T, I don't know exactly what's happening. But you get a general gist of going through Acts going, okay, they've been busy. Um, <laughs> but... 3,000 people... 3,000 people...
0: Are are converted and baptized.
1: Yeah, that's a that, lot of people.
0: That's a lot of coffee. <laughs> a lot of coffee that's a lot of um, new disciples yeah
1: they're i mean they're busy they're you know they're going through things and i think at this time period you know peter and john before again before the holy spirit came in i really feel like peter i don't know so much with john but with peter especially he i don't think would have thought that much i mean he was with the disciples <sighs> when the I'm pretty sure when like the lady spilled put the alabaster like oil Mm -hmm. on Jesus' feet Mm -hmm. and they were all like, Why are you doing this? That's really expensive. So like things like that, he wasn't necessarily thinking. Interesting. He wasn't thinking like like I need to be I mean I'm about to go up and pray to God for a little bit. I'm not necessarily going to be thinking about this other person on this side. And so when all this is going on I, feel really honestly feel like he and John had this moment. I okay, this is this is what happens in my head. Yeah, yeah, go. Is they're walking and they see this man and Peter and John kind of turn to each other and go, he's been there every day, right. and and we haven't, we haven't noticed. Wait, wait, this doesn't make any sense. And I feel like they had a moment where they're like, this doesn't make any sense at all. that we haven't done anything. And they had this Holy Spirit moment where it just lit a fire underneath them and he went and talked to them. And when he said, look at me, it was it was a whole moment of Peter going, okay, yeah, the faith in Jesus is going to make this happen. But this is the first time I've ever.
0: And so here comes our final question. Again, thanks to Emily Burnett for asking the last one. Here's our final question. It was in the conversational space and you <laughs> raised your hand and uh, from the third row back, dead center. <laughs> and you said, there was probably an incredible disruption yeah. to this inner temple from the outer temple because this man who is common and has been sitting there is now leaping, yeah. jumping, disrupting.
1: Yeah, um, I was thinking about this a little bit yesterday, as I said, and um, there, so one of the things probably think about inside of the temple is that it's very quiet and it's a holy place, you know, and this man walked in with them jumping and screaming and just praising God, as he said. And this disrupted everyone in the temple's entire day, I'm sure. I mean, like, them had people going home, (laughs) telling their families, can you believe what I saw today type of thing. And I think that this was the moment. I mean, I was talking, like I said to you earlier, I think there's multiple moments of disruption in this entire chapter. Mm -hmm. You start with a physical disruption. Mm -hmm. So you start with a man walking into the temple, disrupting the whole thing, (laughs) and you know they're all having services people are praying i mean there's it's an hour of prayer so they're definitely definitely not expecting this um and it just it, it kind of causes people to go oh my goodness what just happened we've seen this man we passed by this man mm-hmm. what just happened peter takes that moment of disruption and brings in another aspect of disruption Yeah and cuts them like we talked about cutting them to the heart and going mm-hmm. this is what happened was a witness of this you did this to the son of god <laughs> <laughs> you, did this, 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 <laughs> you know and th- this turns from a physical disruption mm-hmm. to the temple yeah. to a disruption in their lives completely yeah, absolutely. and turns and ho- i mean i'm seeing this as like turns them completely around and goes this is a this is a disruption in my heart now
0: yes Oh, so good. So it moved from physical disruption yeah. to a theological, yeah. like my internal world. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I can't deny the healing because this dude's jumping physically. Yeah. And also Peter's pointing a finger at exactly. me. And, and and let's be clear. He wasn't pointing his finger at Steve no. in the audience at the temple. Of course. But it, <laughs> right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Steve. <I> <laughs> Peter was like, steve you! <laughs> you, you! No, no. Maybe he's pointing at the, at the idea of yeah, the, the religious matrix of the That's Jewish tradition um, that couldn't see the signs of the Messiah in their midst and even to the point of killing the author of life.
1: That's got to sting.
0: Yes, that would sting. Because <laughs> there's nothing you can say to that disruption. Yeah. Um... Other than what Peter called them to do, which was repent, yeah, like oh, because the miracle, the messianic miracle, was the lame will leap exactly. like a deer, and here's a guy doing that.
1: Yeah, in order to bring order to the disruption that just happened, you've got to bring that back around, and that's what Peter did.
0: Order to disruption. Mm-hmm. You should preach with me. I
1: would love to. That is
0: so good. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning into The Hangover. Uh, thanks for reading along with us. If yeah. you've got questions, you can always send them over to me, josh at csfindiana.org. If you want to reach out and find Mariah personally.
1: <laughs> I'm not even going to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's working. I this hang
1: up. around CSF a lot, right. so if you want to find me there, <laughs> you yeah. can find me
0: there. Uh, lunch on me and hang out with Mariah. How about that?
1: Absolutely. All
0: right, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flippity-flop next week. Jack Stanley, whoop, whoop. watch out. <laughs>